I love the smell of great pump in the morning. Did your first blow. I bet you could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Good morning, Vietnam! You let me worry about that green beret. Napalm in the morning. Your first, last, and only podcast for the Vietnam War through film. Good morning, campers. Welcome to some kind of edition of Napalm in the Morning. Uh, this is a very special Napalm in the Morning. Yeah. In all of the right ways. Yeah. Hey, Eric, you're not here. I am I am remote. I am in the, uh, the wilds of Kansas City, the big city, the big easy, as they call it down here. Uh, like yeah. We're just uh, sipping on some barbecue. And uh, yeah, it's really the yeah, it's the it's the Chicago of the Midwest, <laughs> as it's known. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I I'm here in studio, uh, aka the uh, Weston, uh, with uh, with good friend and master teacher, Rachel. Last name withheld. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. Welcome. Yeah, we got lots of lots of tricks up our sleeve. Uh, you know, we can't ever replace. T Roy, he's down in Peru, dicking around down there. But we've um, we've got some uh, we've got uh, we've got Rachel, and we also have a special caller. Uh, so stay tuned, folks. This is going to be a little barn burner. I've been um, the one leaving you five star reviews. So oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> is she? Yeah. So uh, now you know. Nodding Violet has been identified. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And she gets a free Mustang ride, as 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 promised in the uh, oh for last, one of our Patreon listeners, yeah, right? for our Patreon subscribers, yeah. So, um, yeah, we're we're here. Uh, you, um, what what are, what are we talking about today, Matt? Well, we are here. It has been fifty long years since the uh, Watergate break-in, so we are going to cover all the president's men. That's right, all the president's men. Um, a big film that uh uh what what year, what year did this come out? I should know this but uh, 76 76 and uh starring some big name actors. You've got your uh Robert Redford. You got your uh Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> You've got your other people. Um, Very good. Jason Robards, yeah. We've got uh Hal Holbrook. Right. That's known as the love interest of Julia Sugarbaker on Designing Women. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> deep, deep pull from Rachel there. Nice. <laughs> is he the, how old is anybody played the love interest? Well, that was in the 80s. I don't know. It was okay. like 10 years after Watergate. So, yeah. Um, and this film, uh, yeah, we're going to learn a lot. We're going to talk about the, 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 the scandal and the, the crisis and the movie. Um, but we're also going to hear about what the what the kids are learning these days about um, about Watergate and how they feel about uh, old Tricky yes. Dick. Yeah, from from the trenches. Um, so should we? Uh, uh, how do you start? Should we kick it off with the uh, the burglar itself? Let's do that. So yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you helped me take through through this as well, Matt. But uh, you know. June, what are we? June seventeenth, seventy two is when the movie Teletype. The it, it it's it's a movie about the press. So uh, correct. Or yeah, the, the technically line. it opens June first, seventy two, as the chopper kind of brings Nixon to the Capitol, uh, where he's giving an address to Congress. But then we kind of, you know, kind of then introduce the film, and it starts at the uh, at the hotel, water of the Watergate, you know, complex. I guess more than hotel. Right, security guard is uh, finds a door that has been uh, taped over to, to keep it from locking, and then he calls the police, and then we see someone who's sort of a lookout talking to the burglars inside uh, of a room there or uh, in the in the Watergate complex, and uh, we see some sort of bungling. Um, if I <laughs> on a previous episode, I described them as the wet bandits. Uh, yeah, the wet bandits. I couldn't remember Correct. The, the plumbers. The plumbers. Yeah. 
Um, but now that um, <laughs> that scene, it seems like on Forrest Gump, you know, like where they show Forrest Gump. Now you, I can't help but think of that when I was looking at it. Oh, when, when, I was waiting for yeah, Forrest yeah. Gump to say, "I see a burglary." Uh, yeah, him like calling call him yeah, calling yeah. in the. Uh, I think the power the, went out. Must be looking for the light box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, and so it 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 starts kind of accidentally, and we'll 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 find out that of course um, this is one of many incidents that uh, um, Richard Nixon White House is up to to try to undermine. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I've got Democratic a, uh, candidates. Yeah, I've got a little clip. This is uh, your friend and mine, G. Gordon Liddy, uh, discussing how they were <laughs> actually caught uh, at that. So okay. let's listen to a short clip. This is from the Nixon, um, the Nixon Presidential Library uh, archives, Eric. Great. We got a, a whispered uh, radio thing from the guy saying, no, from Baldwin, said... Uh, are any of our guys dressed like hippies? It's a lookout. And we said, no, they're not. And he said, well, there's like hippie-looking guys, and they're on the uh, the second floor. And then he said, they're going down, and they've got guns. And we tried to alert these uh, the people that we had, the Cubans who were in there. And we kept uh, saying, you know, like, unit one to unit two, you know, one to unit two. And they had turned the game down. And they couldn't hear us. And then, in a substantial period of time after that, we got a whispered from them, they got us. And that was when we knew. And then, of course, the lights all went on, and Baldwin was reporting, you know, police cars and everything like that. There you go. And they kind of, they show that pretty well in the film, I think. Um, They've turned down the gain on the radio i think they turn it off actually maybe in the film but you know you get the idea of yeah you know it's a pretty accurate representation i think the thing with the tape too putting it horizontally across the lock if they had just done it vertically they could have gotten away with it ah. yeah they wouldn't have seen it like you you could see it from the outside that it's taped on right and the yeah the uh the worker that was there at night had already been there once and seen tape across and had taken it off but once he saw, saw it the second time i think he knew something was up. Oh, i didn't know that yeah, and so the so these the the police come in plain and are plain are they plain clothes officers in real life? Yes, they come in and they they arrest the wet bandits, and uh, right. I, I like they're all there's like all five of them like hiding behind the same desk. That was kind of Keystone Copish. I like that, <laughs> which could probably happen. They're like you know trapped in the in one corner of the room, and um, yeah, and then and then. Uh, we see Robert Redford getting called in the middle of the night to go as a, he's a Washington Post correspondent to go cover the arraignment of these uh, of these five uh, criminals who were in the National Democratic headquarters. And so that's uh, the plot thickens. This is not doesn't Redford say, "Oh, the the sort of state you know headquarters he's, or yeah, the local?" The local he's like, yeah. "No, it's yeah." He's like, "No, it's the National uh, Democratic headquarters," and. Uh, and it said the what's interesting is like the, you know, and I was I guess this really is happened in real life when they ask these guys like what they do at at the arraignment like they're like oh I work for the CIA or I used to work but like why would you say that like anti communist they said that too yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. right his job is an anti communist like that was uh, um, uh, a, a a guy at the at my table at the read said that was his job actually no, no joke uh, but. Uh, <laughs> He refused to wear a mask and is now at a different table reading essays. So um, now he's Maverick's problem. But uh, yeah, the um, we we see that and there, there's there's Cuban Americans, Miami. So there's a big like Florida Florida man connection, um, Cuban, and so um, and they have like high price, fancy electronic bugging equipment and uh, a country club attorney, and. Um, yeah, and so they start to connect that, you know, how do these burglars have this fancy attorney? Like, But the court scene seems so low-key. They walk in. It, it reminded me of, like, when I had to go to, like, um, uh, traffic court one time for getting yeah. a speed tape. It was just like, okay, where are you pleading? And, you know, it was very low-key. And, again, it just made you realize how no, Mundane, no yeah. press was looking at yeah. this. No one was thinking this break-in was going to be a thing. And for and for a long time, it, it 
it was it was that way, and even you know tried to paint as the the Washington Post being partisan and not you know not doing good reporting. Um, yeah. On that note, why don't we uh, introduce this week's? Um... Oh yeah. Like a child singing about beer. I raise him well. What are you drinking there, Matt? Well, this week I went with, you know, I was trying to kind of page my inner Richard Nixon. Um, with the selection of this beer. So I got one. This is called, uh, it's Avery Brewery out of Boulder, Colorado. And the beer is called White Rascal. And I got it because I've thought, you know, if, if you go deep into the Nixon tapes, I bet you he refers to Woodward as White Rascal at some point in those tapes. So that's why I went <laughs> I with that. I feel like that's in there. Bernstein probably has some much more colorful language to use. I'm just guessing, just going out on a limb with that one. But uh, so that's why I went with White Rascal. I got here a uh, <laughs> Deschutes freshly squeezed. Oh, actually, it's a fresh haze IPA um, with the fresh squeezed logo. And uh, I have a more bullshit tenuous connection, which is like you know, this uh, this you don't really squ- put the squeeze on the Nixon administration, Matt. So uh, there you go. Oh, you yeah. Like the- <laughs> yeah, I like them apples. So what are you, what are you drinking? Yeah. That right? I'm drinking wine in honor of the um, Nixon Law and Order president. That nothing says rules rules like wine. That you have to mm. pair it properly. Right? Civility. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a very genteel. Back in the day, back in right? the time when people knew that red went with red meat, people knew these things. Yeah. Now it's just loosey goosey. Who knows? <laughs> Drink anything with you anything. Just do it anytime, right? No fucking rules. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, we're um, so we we okay. get out of we get out of court yeah. and um, and then um, I guess the the I guess we we see he gets Bernstein. the call about the contact the uh, the police yeah. contact calls him said you know the burglars burglars had uh, notes with them or or I guess they're like phone numbers with them um hh at wh and howard hunt at oh right house in their address books and so now he calls the white house to get uh some further clarification on that gets charles colson's name colson special counsel to the president woodward doesn't know who he is so they're kind of painting the picture of woodward is still the pretty green dude hasn't been around that long um and uh which is accurate i think he was there seven months or something at that point so you know yeah less than a year pretty fresh on the feet and uh and but it's 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 turned out pretty quickly that uh um hunt who is um employee of the nixon white house counsel uh charles colson who himself was a former cia um agent and so another you know along with the along with the burglars we have another intelligence connection so um yeah we have intelligence and a connection directly to the white house already right but it's it's you know unconfirmed how high up that goes or how the and so that's the that's kind of the plot of the movie is they're going to start to sniff out um and when you when you uh, you make movies you make kids watch this your your students watch this right so or, uh, not for my a push class because we don't have time to watch movies but i used to teach a history and film class oh, and nice. so we would we would watch that. Um, and I will say you have to have a list of the cast members as far as like everybody's role. Like they, you know, there's a lot of different movie yeah. parts that are taking place. Um, so there's a lot of context that has to be set up before you show the movie. But they do, like you said, they get into the plot line. Like they want to know, like, how did they connect the dots to Nixon? And, um, you know, uh, what, what was the outcomes of all of this? So that part gets them excited. Right, and, the, and, and, and in a nutshell, I mean that you know there are a lot of names that that might confuse students, but really, really in a nutshell, it's that there's this break in that becomes tied financially to the council committee to reelect the president creep, which is a great name. Thanks. Not since the uh, state law and order restoration council slork 
uh, the, the Burmese military junta, uh, who detained me, that um, they come up with a better name. But yeah, the creep, uh, there's money connecting them to those burglars. And then, uh, then it, from creep to the White House, uh, former attorney general, and then, um, yeah, it goes all the it goes all the way up to the to the top. We will learn. So it's it it becomes uh, that it, in a nutshell, that's the um, that's the plot of the movie is them trying to connect these dots. Um, and I feel like do you guys feel like you know we're all we're all his, historians, history buffs here, like if do we like this film because it's very much like the research process? Them like like would would people who aren't would like it as much who aren't as into like the sort of digging into the details. Yeah, I was thinking about that because I know you said at the end of your podcast, and of course I've listened, um, that you guys rate it. And I was thinking to myself, is this just, is this an enjoyable movie or do I like it because it captures sort of a moment in time? And I would have to say, I would lean towards that. Like this was a very, you know, important scandal. It's an iconic part of like the 1970s. It's, it, it segues for me as a teacher. I can pull in Nixon. I pull in Vietnam. I got Watergate. Like there's so many different things. Yeah. It's a, you know, a reaction to liberalism. Like there's just a lot there. Um, my students do like it, but it is, it, you know, it's a, it's a heady movie. Like when you have, you have to keep track of who the people are, but they do. Right. Right. My students often, um, cause I, I give them, um, and as an option, you know, they get a series of books to choose from. And one of the options is Keith W. Olson's Watergate, which is a pretty, you know, it's about roughly 200 pages, concise, but well done. And every time they always say, I can't keep track of who's who and stuff. And so <laughs> the ones that pick that book. So, uh, yeah, um, I, I personally would like a little handy guide. I, I have one with me at the moment, actually. But, uh, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, there's a yeah. lot. There's a lot to keep track of, and and, and you know, and in the movie, that's part of their problem is keeping track of like one one of the fun plot lines is them trying to like get a list of creep employees from one of the fellow Washington Post reporters who's dating a guy who was on the committee to elect president because they just don't know who you know. These are shadow organizations. This is uh, kids. This is before the internet. There, this is like paper lists of you know un unnamed. It it really it really yeah. Took me back. Eighty percent of the film is them uh, using rotary phones to dial phone numbers and looking <laughs> at phone numbers. <so>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or or like my favorite, the Library of Congress scene, which uh, really uh, it's my juices flowing. They're there going through every card catalog, like entry to try to figure out like did someone at the White House is it Colson. Uh, or Hunt that, that that was checking out books. They find out like, oh, oh he checked yeah. out a lot of books from the White House Library. That avenue gets closed down, and so they're like, okay, well, let's go to the Library of Congress because we know, and they're you know, hunting down every card catalog entry. That must be great. Yeah, uh, shout out to the card catalog. You're old <laughs> enough to remember the card catalog. Oh yeah, on Dewey's decimal system. Matches to Babe. He's uh, you know. I remember the card catalog. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so we we so we're joined the um. Bernstein sort of inserts himself, uh, Dustin Hoffman, as who is a, who's a reporter at the at the Washington Post, and uh, in the film, and you talk about this in kind of in your question, you know, there. What I mean, how do you see their relationship in the movie kind of evolving over time? How does it start? How does it, where does it go? Well, I mean, it's it's hard now because I've, I've done research and kind of point out to the different students, but um, you can definitely see where I feel like. Woodward is a little bit more methodical about how they're going to approach this. Um, Bernstein kind of comes across as the more like, I don't know, he's going to put it out there and they're going to... Daring and dashing yes. and like, sort of taking risks. Yes. To, yeah. yes. I. So it's, it's interesting that they did create this, you know, symbiotic, you know, research project and the way that they tackled it together. And, and when you look back on it and think about it from historical terms, the fact that these... Two random, like you said, young people, different backgrounds, not having this end up, you know, right. breaking this story together. Like, you know, that's, I don't know. It's... Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Bernstein, he's a veteran of of the press, a school dropout. He's uh, they they kind of hint at it in the film, but and th- this is also in real life. Uh, I think accurate. He's the better writer, and so he would kind of handle 
maybe the bulk of that or the kind of the tweaking of things and just kind of, you know, just making it more the flow better. And I think I think if you look at Woodward's post Bernstein books, it's probably clear that Bernstein was, had a, you know, had a, a big role in making them. So like all the president's men and final days are both like just riveting, like mystery books almost like they're they're like they're hard to put down. They're really well written. Um, Bern, uh, Woodward's post this era stuff is, is much more. Yeah, and, and like and there, there are scenes and, um, that you don't see in today's film. Like, it's not until paragraph three where you like mention your thesis statement. You know, <laughs> like you don't mention so and so. I'm like, oh yeah, that that <laughs> that uh, that 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 hits me in the right spot. There. Yeah, <laughs> the the kind of um, uh, the, the the writing process. You don't see many writing process movies like like this one. That's true. Um, today, so uh, so then then um, Bernstein and Woodward are Woodward and Bernstein are working together. And um, and then Woodward has a, a senior contact who is a senior government official, um, an anonymous source who he's referring to as uh, Deep Throat. Um, or that's how in the office they they are referring to him as as that. Right, right, on, yeah, right. He doesn't deep refer background, to the, um, which means that they can't use use his name. Um, even they can't. Basically, they can't say anything. Um, it's a completely anonymous source, and just you know, Woodward Bernstein, Brad, Ben Bradley, the uh, the the main editor at the Post, might have been the only three guys that knew from memory. I think that's right. But. And of course, you know, students giggle when we say that. Like, yeah. I, I always say, you can't make this history up. You've got creep. <laughs> you've got deep throat. Like, these really happen. Is that the only way you can use that in classroom and not get in trouble? Because it's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it would be. The um, uh, Deep Throat is, of course, Mark Felt Sr., um, associate director, who is the... Um, yeah, deputy like director, a, yeah. Deputy director, like highest ranking, second highest ranking person in the FBI. Right. And... And Which we so don't know. Big... We don't know that until what was that? Yeah, like but we're all old enough to remember that we didn't know who it was when I was learning about Watergate. Yeah, he hadn't been revealed yet. It wasn't. It wasn't until later in his life that that right. Came out. It was kind of almost a deathbed confession. Yeah, it was like in two thousand. I remember college courses I... where people would try to figure out who they thought the source was and narrowed it down to three or four people. Yeah. And so, and so he. I think um, Bernstein's wife, who I'm totally forgetting her name right now, um, she's she's like a she's a writer and she's like written you know like TV shows and stuff. What's her, I'm blanking on her name, um, but she like spilled the beans like almost immediately, like several times. But like I guess people didn't believe her or or oh, what? really? But <laughs> That's yeah, funny. yeah. She like accidentally like yeah because it's pretty and you know it's shocking and then, then it's it, it's it's maybe the most iconic kind of homage in the movie of the kind of um uh woodward uh he has his contact in the government uh high up with mark felt the associate director of the fbi and he calls him and he's like don't you know i can't say anything don't contact me at this number We're not at all talk then he, about that right now yeah and then he gets it he gets a message in his newspaper uh typed out that says hey i can't talk about this on the phone if you want to contact me um Hang a red flag, put a red flag in your flower yeah. pot. Let's keep this very covert. Put a red flag in your pot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that like if the, if people are like watching Woodward Bernstein, like, okay, occasionally he puts out a red flag. Okay. Do you want to know the real story with the red flag? Yeah, let's yes, hear it. Please. So the red, the red flag is real, but the real story is he already, there already was a flower pot on his little balcony with a red flag in it. Like, I guess like he had a friend over that, found the flag like in his apartment and okay. he just kind of stuck it in the pot and it just kind of stayed there and it never left. And so what the signal was, was he was he would move the flower pot from one side of the balcony to the other side of the balcony. Oh, so it's not okay. just the act of putting the red flag in the pot. It's the flag was okay, already so it's there. Not, it's, not so, it's not so obvious it's moving the pot. Um, but yeah, but this becomes like the message they go and meet and he meets with his... Um, contact deep throat in a in a parking garage and there's the like great scene of uh you know it's super dark and yeah let me let me also jump in like they did talk about watergate like almost right after it happened but then things started getting a little bit hot and once you know nixon starts kind of putting the word through you know alderman to interfere then he kind of backed off and he wouldn't really talk in this so they don't really go into that in the film but in the film they kind of make it like 
he's not going to talk he's about a, it. He's a little more, he's, when, when they're trying to get the, put pressure on the CA to put pressure on the FBI to shut down the investigation. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, well, uh, yeah, the, 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 the smoking in the, uh, uh, in the, uh, in the parking garage uh, is, a, is a pretty classic scene. Um, hey, well, Matt, we have a, uh, you know, we have a special guest uh, who's, who's calling online? in online uh who's a fan of the show who's um he uh his uh he goes by maverick um and he the last name withheld but he is a fan of this movie and he wanted to call in and so we we let him uh you are you on the line maverick oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) I'm here. So, uh, so yeah, well, welcome, Let welcome me see. I'm a, I'm a big fan, long-time <laughs> listener, first-time caller. I, I love you and all those Indiana Jones movies. Oh, th- oh thanks, thanks. It's Wyoming Jones, but yeah, we'll take it. Um, Call him Dr. Jones, doll. <laughs> so, yeah, you're, you're, a fan of, you're a fan of the movie. Is that right, Maverick? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've seen this movie a lot. Uh, and uh, uh, I actually think that America's attitude about this subject has morphed over time. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I, I believe it's much more permissible to talk about it out in the open than it used to be. Okay. Because the politics have changed. Is that why? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think you're right about that. Okay. Kind of. <laughs> What's going to happen next? It's like, it's shocking that it, that it, that the conspiracy goes this deep, right? I mean... The reveal blew me away. I think maybe the greatest scene in movie history. Okay. Wow. Wow. We, we, yeah, that's uh, that's saying a lot. I, I know. What do you think, Matt? Greatest scene in movie history? Uh, which scene are we talking about? Well, the scene when they figure out, you know, what what the ability is, right? Oh, to like contact the like like deep throat contact, like to. to... Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's pretty shocking, right? That they have this they have this contact with deep throat. I mean, it opened my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't turn away. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel this. I feel the same way. I was I I, I was shocked. I was intrigued. Um, but after you heard about like what Nixon did, did you feel dirty? Like, how did you feel? Yeah, how did you feel after viewing that? Wait, what did what did Nixon do? <laughs> <laughs> I guess he's not really in the movie. It's more uh, Nixon is an absent presence y- for yeah. the movie. Um, yeah, I do enjoy about... the acting though. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, did you have no. a favorite actor, actress? Uh, well, I, you know, I think Dustin Hoffman. He uh, he's so versatile. Yeah, he's very yeah. swarthy. <laughs> he yeah, I mean he he plays a lot of. I'm thinking getting Ishtar vibes. Yeah. You keep uh, mentioning this uh, Woodward character though. <laughs> yeah, Ro- Robert Redford. He's Robert Redford. Robert he's... Redford. He was in the movie. He's pretty much the lead. Right. Did you did you not notice him in the movie? Well, to be honest, I wasn't really looking at the guys that much. If I want me to be truthful, what what was the girl's name? Do you remember the girl's name in this movie? Who who's the who's the star of this movie? Uh, Linda loves something. <laughs> Wait, Linda, oh, no, lovely. That was it. Okay, I I she was fantastic. I think uh, I think Maverick. I think you. I think you may have seen a different movie. The. Uh, assistant director, associate director of the FBI is is a character that is uh, shares a name with a movie that you may have seen. Um, I encourage you, Maverick, to go and check <laughs> out um, this other movie, which is All the President's Men. Um, uh, also, is this a movie you've seen? Yeah, and this uh, All the President's Men also features Deep Throat. So <laughs> she's in that movie too. <laughs> I don't see her on my cast list. Uh, I've got 55 names on my cast list. Um, I'll have to check with that, Matt. Do you have that in your notes? I don't see uh, Linda on yeah, this one. But, uh, 
Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't. I'm a little confused, Dr. Jones. <laughs> well, well uh, <laughs> I've listened to you before and you rate movies based on dong, right? We do. We do have a dong rating. That's right. Do you want, do you want to give your dong rating? I mean, this has got to be a 10. <laughs> 10. Okay. All, ten all... Dong. Okay. We, we, we have, uh, put that in the notes, uh, fans. Uh, we have, uh, Maverick gives, uh, gives, Ten Dong for um, his movie. I mean, this movie is so far above the hard deck. That's an old Navy <laughs> term we like to use. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we appreciate you not going below, not going below the hard deck. Um, and uh, and uh, hey, uh, do call in again, Maverick. Okay, see you later, Maverick. Shades of uh, old New York City. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those were which those, we covered the, the, in our uh, taxi driver episode. So please take a yeah, listen to that. <laughs> exactly. That was a very taxi driver uh, kind of moment in there. Well, that was a good. Uh, well, I mean, the 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 deep throat character was a great. Um, we, 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 Wait, you Al- forgot his iconic line to follow the money. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Which is which is really what it was about, yeah. right? Like, um, like the to to you know. The it's it's the money that's gonna it's gonna connect the break in to creep to to um Bob Haldeman and and the White House. And so uh it was a little frustrating, like I was thinking like if I was Woodward I mean in the movie depicted this and Matt you've done some I guess both of you've done more background, like was he was he as withholding I guess uh in, initially you're saying he wasn't as withholding. Um Kind of at the very. It was beginning. frustrating. Like, God damn it, say it. Like, yeah. For the most part, though, he's he's kind of confirming things that they they suspect. He's kind of sort of the, putting up guardrails to kind of keep them on the track, maybe. But um, he's not like just going out and saying X Y Z. You know, happened and look at you know, go look at. Well, what's interesting too is when you kind of like, and I don't know a lot, but when you look back on him revealing who he was, Deep Throat, it's interesting to see how much of this was like, I want to, you know, expose this. This is, you know, a terrible thing that the president has done, or was this right. a personal right. vendetta? He got passed over for a promotion. And, you know, so he's playing that line of, I, I'm not really telling these secrets, yeah. but I'm confirming. So it's kind of interesting in that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I think um, Woodward, when Felt uh, passed away, kind of tried to paint him as kind of, you know, this doing this, these heroic deeds and whatnot. And I, I, I personally think like there is it's got to be at least 50 50 like personal animosity toward toward Gray, who, who wasn't even qualified, really, and got passed over for the for the position. Um or who passed him over for the position. So, um, yeah, I think he was pissed about work. I think that is a lot of it, like yeah. not all of it, but I think that's definitely a big part of it. And, and I think, I think um, uh, actually that, 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 that notion of like patriotism, that this is something is, there's a miscarriage of justice. That's much more, some of the, some of the members of the committee to reelect the president and the members of the white house, like they were, they were sort of their, when they sort of realized what was going on, it, it, they were offended. Their, their patriotism, their sense of like, this is like, uh, one of the characters, like, you know, I've been a lifelong, like, devoted Republican, but this, this is a bridge too far. Like, I can't, um, I can't handle this. And so, um, you know, like a lot of, uh, like, like we see, like, with a lot of Republicans today who, like, refuse to, um, <laughs> refuse to put up with, Sort of, um, you know, uh, egregious overreaches of of presidential authority. So that that really is a consistent red thread, wouldn't you say, Matt? Yeah, spot on. You're right there with that. Yep. Um. So so uh, you know, we we the the movie has a lot of twists and turns about um, uh, them kind of going down to Miami, and you know, it's interesting, like they're. We we see it doesn't really get into this, but we know that from especially from the Watergate hearings that happen afterwards that the you know that the the Miami District Attorney the, and the, the there's a lot of investigations in the Justice Department and the FBI that are happening that are kind of taking bites of the story um, from different angles and um, and e- at each of those steps that um, and it's yeah. it's uh, it's 
that seems a pretty, you know, a, a pretty popular one, a pretty good one in the film where he kind of almost has to prank phone call his way into the guy's office because he's kind of being stonewalled out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that, sorry, folks, did not happen in real life. He was kept waiting for a long time, but uh, he did not have to, like, prank call his way. He did not jerky boys his way into the, uh, into the office. <laughs> oh, that's a bummer. But we, we do find out that the, um, you know, that the, we find out the, the creep treasurer um, Sloan that it can, controls a slush fund that um, Hal Haldeman, uh, H.R. Haldeman, Bob Haldeman is 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 directing them to to disperse money and um, you know Haldeman is the quote second most important man in the country chief of staff um, of of the White House. Uh, I was reading that a lot of the sort of White House sort of staffing kind of policies, procedures, like, like those are Haldeman, like Haldeman set up kind of the sort of the modern, the modern White House uh, structure. And so he's like a sort of no nonsense, um, uh, high and tight Johnny Unitas haircut kind of guy <laughs> who um, is willing to do anything for his, uh, his family. Yeah. He, um, yeah, the, the, it gets it gets deeper though. They find out that uh, former Attorney General John Mitchell, who is in charge of Creep, was there. I guess they find out initially that he was there when they're shredding documents um, from one of the from one of the you know they're going down the list and basically contacting everyone on the committee to reelect the president, and um, and they learn that that Mitchell was there and former Attorney General, and then. Um, they uh that's when they first learn about um rat fucking. Uh what's rat fucking, Matt? That's just like messing with messing with their shit, man. You know, it's it's basically pretty much that. <laughs> the Democrats um and and kind of going after, you know, cuz we're in a presidential election campaign and I guess it's the primary primary season and so so they're kind of attempting to sabotage certain candidates um and you know i guess prop which kind of leaves mcgovern who's sort of the least uh broadly electable like in the in the country um uh kind of leave him as the last man standing so that's kind of what their goal is for all this stuff which is interesting. I was just going to say, when you look at the election results, and as yeah. a history teacher, and you say, you know, that they're breaking into this, they're wanting to see what, you know, what they had or what their election campaign, um, you know, was going to entail. They're like, and he won by that much. <laughs> you know, what was he worried about? Right, right, part, part, right, part of the problem right. with believability is that, like, Nixon is so far ahead that, like, they don't need to do this. Like, yeah, I mean, to, you know, if it had been musky, it would have been closer, but, I mean, he still would have won, but... Um... You know, the rat fucking got Muskie out of there. I mean, you know, they're like breaking into, you know, stealing his stationery, uh, writing like, you know, fake memos about stuff that like would um, they 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 got uh, his draw. They had a undercover, you know, campaign Nick, uh, Nixon campaign guy somehow became the, his driver for Muskie. And so then he's like stealing all these documents from the campaign, bringing them there like xeroxing them then you know putting them back so they know like what his speeches are going to be like they know like what his policy platform right. things are going to be they like know like hey they're going to go to the airport on this day so, so um, let's can't let's cancel flights let's let's cancel like yes yeah, so, like let's... the driver of the limo of his limo like steps out of his car for a cigarette they go they sneak in to take the keys out of the car and run away you know and throw them in a dumpster or something like they're doing stuff like that like create it's crazy <laughs> like non-stop yeah, they're, and it they're works. in the movie. They're like, "Oh, this is just stuff. Just, just, just we used to do in college. Just boys be like pranks, sorority, fraternity, prank stuff." Like, yeah, it works. I mean, Muskie, um, he kind of famously breaks down, um, and this is reported in the post too. You know, he's like crying like during his speech um, because a bunch of stuff about his wife, which was sort of planted in these far right wing, you know, rags. Uh, you know, start get getting picked up by like Newsweek and stuff, and then. He uh he kind of you know just had a nervous breakdown I guess like on stage, um and yeah it's real interesting they're like yeah we have no idea like 
how any of this stuff is getting out. Like, you know, we're like asking everybody here, like nobody suspects anybody that works here and all this stuff. And like, yeah, it was total, totally worked. And, and Woodward and Bernstein start discovering that, um, you know, the, the, the rat fucking, um, is it's not, it's not just the Watergate break-in. This is, this is something that's gone on for, um, the entire, you know, sort of, the sabotaging sort of campaign um, trickery. Uh, yeah, I got a. You want to hear? Uh, this is Lydia yeah. talking about uh, some of this stuff. How can I uh, devise the, the entire plan uh, in concert? You know, using our mutual backgrounds and experiences. Uh, we sat down. We uh, said, "Okay, well, what do we want to do, and what do we want to get?" Well, we want to get political intelligence. Uh, we also want to, if we can, be disruptive. Uh, hence, knowing that it was going to be down in the uh, in Miami, you know, when it would be terribly hot there, we thought, okay, if we sabotage the air conditioning in there, that that's going to make them very uncomfortable, and uh, they're liable to make mistakes. Uh, we were going to have uh, prostitutes try to attract those who were attractable. Uh, and get them into a good mood with liquor and what have you, and have them report back to us what they said. What we're looking for a typical thing when young men, uh, mid-level responsibility, seeking to impress a pretty girl, would say, well, no, uh, you know, I've really got a very sensitive job, and if you don't think so, you just say, now, tomorrow, such and such is going to happen. You, you, you check, and you'll see that it did. Not going to get that kind of information back. In fact, the initial plan even had us uh, able to intercept uh, transmissions from their uh, campaign aircraft. So that's just a little little taste. It's quite broad, but yeah, and the you know part of the part of the what what comes out is that um, you know this is part of the you know the, the part of the CIA had had developed just sort of. Just general sort of subversion as as foreign and domestic policy with the FBI, and so um, this is just a continuation. This is not shocking at all. That uh, you know, again, by all means necessary, you know, are they gonna they're gonna go into just do everything, use everything they can to sort of achieve achieve an end. And so the, yeah. the, these guys who are all trained in these measures are um, involved is is now like perfectly like, um, of course they are. Yeah, and this really starts, I mean, if you want to use the blanket term Watergate, I mean, it starts with the Pentagon Papers and the release of the Pentagon Papers, uh, the leak from Daniel Ellsberg, and Nixon completely lost his mind over this, and this is when he deci- this is when this, the wet bandits are created, uh, is kind of following the, uh, the, the release of the papers, and kind of, you know, we got to plug the leaks, so who do you get to plug leaks? Wet bandits, of course, so... Yeah, um, I've read that he, um, after it was leaked to the press about the Cambodia bombings, that he had yeah. bugged, like, 18 different officials immediately. Like, this was already antagonistic right, right. relationship like with the with the press and oh, using yeah. his power early. With with the press, with with his own, with, you know, right. people in, in the government. Of course, you know, multiple the military, people that he yeah. was, had bugged and was watching. And professors, Eric. Right. <laughs> hey, hey, yo. Um, the press is the enemy. Yeah. The press is the enemy. Intelligence. Get yeah. that down. It's write pre- it down. Remember it. Remember it. Press. <laughs> Professors. They're the enemy. Professors. They're I the mean, enemy. I mean, as as we all know, of course, after after Watergate, um, you know, the the press became respected by the presidency, and thereafter, every president has has a good relationship with the press and the truth, and so um, this is luckily relegated. Yeah, to, nobody's lied since. No president's ever told a lie. So. Yeah. Until the, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this is this is the one instance. So no, yeah, we got that we got that covered. Um the uh the the yeah, I mean, where to next? I guess the um you know, they really the, the this they they realize that this is huge, this is deep, this is going to go, but they still the the sort of the the main breaking point of the movie is they need to connect it to the White House and and Haldeman uh, you know, there, there's a kind of a, there's a scene where they're, you know, they're going to go, they want to need to go to press, but they're trying to get like confirmation from a bunch of people that, you know, um, and, uh, it was, it was funny. Some of the strategies, like I'm going to count to 10. 
you say stop, then something's wrong with us going forward. This confirmation. You don't say stop. That like there's all these sort of um, non-denial denial. Uh, yeah, I thought that was that was great. Like the uh, kind yeah, of and tricks. that happened in real life. And in real life, that it was the there was confusion about. Oh, I thought if I didn't say anything, that <laughs> if meant I say you something gonna, before you were going to hold the the story. Um, and so yeah, that that that's they got egg on their face definitely there and and the uh, white house kind of came after them uh, very hard but what they did write was true they just didn't right it seemed untrue at the time the sources they thought they had were not maybe there but it did it was true but their newsroom haldeman was the controller of of this from the white house yeah but the newsroom had their back and uh you know that when when woodrow bernstein it seemed like have they overreached? Have they have they have they have they fucked up on this? Um, I was kind of, but you know, the the editors were like, "Hey, let's you know, let's let's back our boys, and we think that uh, we think we're on to something here." And so that could have gone yeah, that the the kind of firm denial that the White House non denial denial that the White House gave about uh, Haldeman and, and White House influence was um, could have could have I don't know if it would have killed the story. It certainly would have. Um, derailed it um i i, I want to ask uh, i want to ask uh, rachel here so um what do students um what do students think about the watergate uh scandal when you teach about i mean do you, i guess do you connect to vietnam or what do they think about the um and we think about nixon as a, as a president so i was looking um up before today i was just looking at what the a push standard is and so this is apus apus history yes and so the standard that we teach about Watergate, it says public confidence and trust in government's ability to solve social and economic problems declined in the 70s in the wake of economic challenges, political scandals, and foreign policy. So that's the, so that's where we slip in Watergate. Um, but I was, I was telling Eric, I said, I have this March Madness tournament that I do every year with my um, APUS history students. And, and the whole, it's a, a debate. Like, we literally have brackets. And it's, like, seated and different presidents. And they have to try to debate which is the greatest president of all time. And I said, multiple times, Nixon ends up winning. And Eric kind of shared he was kind of shocked by that because obviously yeah. he's the only Isn't you know, it like Washington or Lincoln? Right, or like, you know, yeah. That's resigned and the first to be impeached and all that good stuff. But um, I said, the way that I have the tournament set up is the first round, the students do research on their president. And then the second, third, fourth round as they go. So they're, they so they're, they're, only, they're only pitching like the, the good. Like they're, For they're, the first round. The first round. Okay. But then after that, you have to research the other person. Okay. Okay. Um, but you know, Nixon comes across as great. Like they think they know that, you know, Vietnam wasn't very popular and look, he ended it, you know, according to them. And <laughs> they see, um, you know, detente and they see salt talks. Wow. He was limiting, you know, he was making yeah, the cold okay. war better. And they care um, about the environment. Yeah, I was going to say some of them think he's liberal because of earth day and the EPA and all these different things. So he comes across as, um, you know, as, as really great. And even when they learn about Watergate, they are so jaded now that that they just think he was stupid to get caught. Like all presidents do that, you know. Um, right. In fact, That's a big li- deal. right, exactly. Um, and I, you know, when I was teaching, like we, I talked about, you know, how now everything scandal with the word gate is sort of an homage, and that this is a hotel. And, Rubber gate. You know, I talked about Deflate Gate because I'm a Colts fan, and how the Patriots screwed us, and like, oh, that's why it's called Deflate Gate. And so, you know, we go into these different things, but. I try to tell them, you know, this is coming from a time period, you know, coming out of the 1960s where families would have a picture of JFK and Jesus. Like, you know, that that was something that, you know, there was a lot of respect for the office and um, they don't know that that time period. So it's interesting. And even when I teach, um, when I have them analyze like the speech, like silent majority and they don't see it as sort of a reaction to liberalism or any type of, you know, soft dog whistle. They see like, wow, he really cares about marginalized people and he's reaching out to them and trying to give them a voice. And so it's, it's just, you know, um, and he visited Moscow and, and Beijing. Like, that's what they see. So, yeah. So he'll win. In those he'll win. Right. Like, yeah. He wins. Like, he's, he's I know you know, he's an impressive record. So, yeah. I'm not a Nixon hater. I mean, he was... <laughs> He, he there's a few good things he did. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to uh, stand for him though. 
But I did. I was going to share. I did go to a conference a few years ago that was about Vietnam and Ohio State. And I don't know. You probably know this, but I thought it was an interesting fact that talking about sort of the takedown of Nixon and they were sharing that JFK was the first to install the the recording system in the White House. Yeah. And that he did it mainly. And again, you guys probably already know this, but did it mainly because he wanted to have a record when he was ready to do his memoirs. And so he started that. And then they said LBJ extended that because LBJ, you know, coming from his extensive background with the Senate, was always doing a lot of wheeling and dealing, always promising people, try to get these yeah. votes. And so he had one that was recorded by a ordering button. Ordering pants. Ordering pants. <laughs> yes, exactly. Ordering pants. Nixon, they said, was kind of inept and would forget when to record conversations that he needed to record. So he did a voice activated system. So right. he had, like, JFK had 350 hours recorded. You know, Nixon had over 4,000 years, or 4,000 hours, sorry. Yeah. Wow, so that, that the number was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was an interesting. If you just Google the Miller Center, you'll be able to find it. Uh, University of Virginia has, like, all the tapes from all the presidents uh, going back to FDR. So check them out. They're awesome. How, how does, how do the, what tapes... So post Nixon, I, do, I don't know this. Uh, the, you guys might know. What are what, are, what do presidents still tape there? No, That's nada, it, it, nothing. Yeah. No. <laughs> right. It's hard to imagine. He was the last. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that didn't end well for him. So yeah, too bad for us, and too bad Nixon didn't start recording but until now. Emails 1971 are the new record. Is what yeah. people are I missed saying. Some stuff I could have used for my own research in you know 1969 <laughs> and 70. So. I thought you might find this interesting, too. So at that conference, they shared what Nixon's favorite movies that he watched obsessively when he was in the White House. Any oh, yeah. guesses? Uh, like, is it, it, was it, it, like, it wasn't like, Maverick's movie, I'll tell you that. Okay, was it, uh, was it um, it's got to be like a John Wayne, um, was it? Like well, it was it? Magnum Force and Patton. Okay. It stays on yeah, brand. Yeah, he would get all <laughs> all pumped up watching Patton. And uh, there's actually a book, which I'm forgetting the name of the book, but it's it's all about like I think it it's maybe just it's maybe more than Nixon, but it's it's maybe it's Nixon and all the movies he watched at the White House because there's you can see every movie he watched. It's all logged. So you know Nixon one a.m. with you know six six cocktails in. He's like hey, I'm gonna watch Patton. Uh, pull that up for me, Pat. Get out of here. I'm watching Patton. I like your Nixon impression. Thank you. Don't encourage him. Um, President Elliot. One last thing I was going to say about the movie when I was um, viewing it again, it just kind of made me laugh thinking about this $25,000 check that they're tracing. And when you think about, like, in terms of today's money, right, you're like, $25,000, this donor, like, why would they give that amount? Yeah, I mean, you know, Rachel gets that for reading an AP exam, like, so, you know, <laughs> so yeah, nobody, right. The, the, it's funny. The, like the amounts, like the, the amount of money that's thrown around and then, and just the, uh, yeah, the influence and in cash that is, uh, put into this is kind of, I mean, at the time, that's a lot of, that's a lot of money. Right. I guess. The, and, and well, there, there's a, there's over a million dollars in that creep safe that they, that is. That yeah. Is just decided, being so. unaccounted for money, basically just kind of. Being right, so, so, and, 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 out. and donors are also angry because they really like, they donated the committee to react the president, and then this money gets, well, not even laundered, just just used, used to, um, you know, attack, uh, attack uh, opposition, opposition church, um, against the uh, against opposition candidates. So, um, yeah. Uh, so the movie, uh, you know, the the this the, the high point of the movie really is this. You know, we got we've got the connection to the White House. We've got Haldeman, um, and so they go to press with it. And uh, uh, even though the White House denies denies this, we see, um, you know, Nixon while they're typing the story. Nixon takes his oath of office, January twentieth, nineteen seventy three, and and then follows sort of this montage of teletext headlines, um, with. Nixon's resignation, uh, Ford's inauguration, seventy four. So it it sort of alludes, you know, obviously, to the future of of a Nixon resignation. And so, um, I kind of like that the movie didn't, you know, the, you know, you think, oh, the, the the real the real money shot is um, Nixon resigning, but but really the focus is on the the a, a process movie. 
I think uh, today's movie would have yeah. would not have resi- could not resist that urge to like make it about you know the downfall of Nixon as where this one really focused on. The movie is about the not about the the background and lives of Woodward and Bernstein, but about you know the reporting process that I I like. Right, that. and that's that's when uh, I guess Redford initially contacted Woodward and Bernstein about, hey, you should write a book about this, but uh, don't have it be about you guys and your process of or how you did it. And so that's kind of the direction they went with the book. The movie's based on the book. The movie ends in like early 73. You know, it only covers, I don't, you know, yeah. seven months or something. I'm in the first book. Um, All the president's men ends in, I think the early 74. I think it comes out in like beginning of 74. So yeah, Nixon's still in president when the book comes out. I was just going to say, as a U.S. history teacher, it's a nice thread that I have talking about all the different times where a published book makes major change in history, whether it's Upton Sinclair, whether we talk about Thomas Nass, we talk about this, that um, that's something that I've sort of woven through the course. And so this is a nice way to, you know, the the journalism piece that comes in with that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And Final Days is cool, too, if you want to get the actual... Um, summation of what happens at the end with uh nixon uh getting wasted uh by himself uh with the air conditioner <laughs> on full blast and the fireplace uh being fully stocked with, lo- with logs um and uh you know crying and praying with henry kissinger in the middle of the night uh check out the final days well and doing this podcast too made me think um it would be an interesting comparative question to talk about how much of a role did the media play in um, you know, sort of ending Vietnam, turning, you know, support away versus how yeah. much did the media play in ending Nixon's career, you know, presidency too. Kind of tying that in. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question because um, it's tough to know, like you, maybe it's counterfactual history. We don't know if, if they don't follow this story would it have come out in other ways, but there's no, there's, there's no, there's no evidence that it, that it, that it would have necessarily, right? There are other um, much bigger controversies. Um, what, one little detail that was interesting was that in I noticed that in, um, in in Haldeman's like book that he writes sort of later after the fact, you know, he's sort of talking about like um, and in really interesting tangents about, you know, the the, you know, we we had to do this because, um, you know, when we tried to assassinate. Uh, Castro, that that led to the assassination of JFK. Um, he's connecting it to that, and so which is interesting. Why Oliver Stone, his little tangent about the sort of super conspiracy theory is based on that kind of factoid, uh, true or not true. Um, but uh, you know, like he, I think he's trying to obviously a bit of redemption for himself. Like, oh, you know, this was um, this was. A, part of the time period um and the stakes were so high that you know that you know you think even things like this got, got people assassinated and so we were um yeah it was uh, uh and and you know nixon really left uh alderman out to dry he 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 offered to alderman had the suggestion like hey let's pardon a bunch of draft dodgers um from vietnam and uh and me too, <laughs> and, and, and Bob Altman as well. And then the, you know, kind of like you know, even Stephen, right? And uh, yeah, Nixon does none of those. <laughs> so um, seems like a seems like a fair trade, honestly. Yeah, it's, 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 right. It should they should have just all of the all of the uh, all of the uh, Canadian uh, Vietnam War vets <laughs> draft doctors for, for all. I'll take that trade. Um, well, we, uh, we, uh, we have a little bit of a brisk podcast here cause we've got to, we've got to be conscious of our guest time, uh, et cetera. <laughs> um, should we go to, should we go to our dong rating, Matt? Uh, yeah. Do you want to do that or book? What do you yeah, like? Yeah, let's do, do let's like? do it. Let's do our, uh, book of the week. Book of the week. <laughs> okay. Book okay. Of the week. Um, yeah. 
So I mentioned uh, Watergate, the presidential scandal that shook America. Uh, Keith Olson, that uh, originally was 2003, and then the second edition came out more recently, 2016 maybe. That's the one yeah. I use in my class. So if you want a, a good sort of succinct, um, well-written kind of, you know, what is the the Cliff Snow? It's not. It's almost like the Cliff Snow's version. I've, I've the Wars of Watergate is you know thousand pages or something. The book I'm about to recommend is almost a thousand pages. So compared to those, this is the Cliff Notes <laughs> version. Um, so you can check that out. The other one is a book I actually haven't read yet. It's brand new. Watergate: A New History just came out this year, 2022. Garrett M. Graff. Um, and I plan to look at it. Uh, this is the obviously the kind of the most up to date accounting of, of Watergate that we have, um, you know, new Nick, I mean, it's hard to believe there, some of the tapes, they didn't all come out, you know, during the Watergate era, you know, a lot of the tapes did not. And so more, more stuff has kind of trickled out over time. Um, you know, access to other people's, people's archives that they're, they're releasing and other players and stuff like this. So, you know, over time we get access to more materials, and uh, so, you know, I, I want to see what's the latest. So I'm going to check that out uh, a, as soon as I am able to. So I, I suggest you do the same. Once again, that is uh, Watergate, A New History. Garrett M. Graff uh, just came out this year, 2022. So check out that. Rachel's got a book of the week. What do you what do you want us to read? Well, so mine, I went a little bit different direction because this podcast with the Vietnam focus, it made me think a lot about the Vietnam conference that I went to in Ohio State. And that was a good, it was Vietnam, it was Nixon, it was civil rights. And so it was, um, the book I would recommend is Selma to Saigon. And I can't think of who the author is off the top of my head, but it was really interesting because I always think as a teacher, we don't talk about Martin Luther King Jr.'s like stance on Vietnam and why. And I think that's something that I like to bring out besides just, you know, we, we kind of go to March on Washington and then assassination and we don't really do much in between. So I, that's something that I, um, I like that bridge. So that would be my book. Uh, Selma to Sight. Yeah, you would, you would explode a lot of uh, heads of people that uh, are saying, you know, hey, Martin Luther King told us to, uh, you know, just judge by the uh, content of the character, right? Um, if you told them what, they, uh, what he said about Vietnam. And, and we talk about why we topics, don't so. know about that. So, yeah, no, yeah. that's a, yep. that's a, that's a great point. In the content, like none of the, you know, we because it's, you know, before we were born, like you know, it, it's hard to understand the context of all of these things swirling around at the same time. The civil rights movement, in Vietnam, uh, and so they're obviously interconnected, and they, uh, they're obviously interconnected and uh, play it play on each other in powerful ways. Um, yeah, so that is the uh, book of the week. <laughs> book of, of the week. <laughs> all right, so let's give our uh, let's give our uh, dong ratings for all the presidents' men. Uh, Matt, you want to go first? Uh, I enjoy the movie. I, the acting's really good. Robards as uh, Ben Bradley is primo. Um, Woodward, yeah. Bernstein, um, Hoffman, and uh, Redford are great. Um, and it's a fantastic uh, story. What they did with the uh, recreating the uh, the newsroom, like like you know, square foot for square foot re- recreation of it. Like they pulled the garbage from the actual post and like brought that to L.A. You know, and then like, all right, here's this is what actual Washington Post garbage look looks like. Uh, you know, and stuff like that. Like that's how particular they were with this stuff. It's fantastic. Um, it's it's a really good film. Um, I'll go 8.77. How's that for specifics? 8.77. Well, I'll give her a guess. I'll give her a guess the final word. And I'll, I, um, I like this movie. Again, it, 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 um, it kind of dramatizes, uh, research <laughs> that doesn't always happen. And, and it, and again, it's about sort of, sort of the process, um, part of it. And I really liked it. um, yeah, I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this uh, eight dong. Uh, I think it's a, and and you've got you've got really literally some of the best actors of their of their generation in this movie. So you can't you can't do much better than that. Um, so we're gonna go with eight dong. Uh, how about you, Rachel? I, oh, I was gonna say first of all, I want to say um, 
Yes, great acting. Uh, Robert Redford, though, is a beautiful man. And it (laughs) reminded me, um, growing up, there was a cake that we loved. And we all called it better than sex cake. But not my grandma, because she wouldn't say that. So she always called it better than Robert Redford cake. (laughs) So um, I would say seven and a half to eight dong. Um, I I think, again, it's... um, I'm thinking of it if I didn't know the background would I find it interesting like different things but there's a lot of like I said connections that can be made there's a lot of I think it just captures um, that moment in time and that moment in history and like you said also you know the way that it it dramatizes investigative journalism like that that, that's just a cool thing so yeah yeah join the press kids yeah um so yeah let me uh let me let me uh let me play this real quick yeah let's hear it Goodbye, Dick. Goodbye, Jim. I really can't believe you're gone, but I saw you walk across the White House lawn. Goodbye, Dick. Goodbye, Jim. Goodbye, Dick. That's uh. Is that Country Joe? No, that's it's me. It's got to be Neil Young. Uh, that's from CSNY live on 1974, a couple days after he resigned. So he kind of improved, created that song on the fly. Uh, goodbye, Nixon Dick. Rag. A, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's a verse about uh, Rosemary, who infamously uh, deleted the uh, 18 and a half minute gap uh, from the tape. So uh, check that out. Uh, that's our uh, album of the week. That's CSNY 1974. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. All right, check that out. Don't have a button for that. Well, um, we like to thank our our, our special guest, uh, Rachel. Thanks so much. Well, thank you for having me. This was fun. Being a great teacher. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, Maverick, shout out uh, <laughs> to the Danger Zone. Don't call us. We'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for uh, Napalm in the Morning, uh, I've been Dr. Jones. I've been Matt Yeagle. Let's see if I can figure out how to hit this button. <laughs> bye. bye. I love the smell of rape coming Bye bye. Did you first play? I'll bet you could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Good morning, Vietnam. You let me worry about that green beret. Napalm in the morning. Your first, last, and only podcast for the Vietnam War through film.